because yeah I just kind of feel like I think for so long my identity has been you know I'm Sarai I'm a hairstylist I'm a I'm an educator and it's so much more than that I'm I'm here to help people I know that's what I was put on this planet to do and just seeing the shift in my life in the last year like really brings it home that I am here to help people and more than just like giving you cool hair techniques or giving you science information or social media or business, like helping people like get into their shit because you can be an incredible artist. You can be an incredible hairstylist. You can run an incredible business, but if your house on the inside is dirty as fuck and it is messy and it is cluttered, literally none of that shit matters. And I think that I'm, I'm finally seeing the path revealed to me because for a while it's been like, I don't know. I don't, what am I doing with all this healing work? Like, what am I doing? How am I going to help people? You know, you're just a hairstylist, right? And now it just becomes more and more clear that, you know, I'm here to help people get into their shit, like the shit that nobody wants to talk about, you know, the, the self-sabotage, the, the shadow work, making friends with your dark parts and, and all of that. And, you know, I had to, I had to be a homeless junkie. I had to be an alcoholic. I had to be, I had to act like a piece of shit human in order to get here so that I can help other people. And so the, the card pull just, yeah, it hit me, hit me hard this morning. I didn't expect to cry. I did. I knew, <laughs> I knew we were going to cry. You, you already know, knew. You were saying, um, what am I doing all this healing for? Like, what, what is this going to yield in results? I think I'm learning from my own, my own journey and, and connecting with some people who are kind of on the same path, different, it's not linear, but like just different. Right parts of the spectrum that there comes a tipping point where it literally goes and then like it's so instant and then it's like you go into this portal of just rapid expansion so it's like all the digging the digging the digging that you've done for years to get you out of the homeless junkie state to get you out of the alcohol to get you out of your eating disorder to get you out of all of that you've done all that work and then there's a point where it's like it's time and then yeah. it's a whole different fucking reality. It is. Uh, it really is. Hey, for those of you, uh, I started recording. Welcome to the podcast, by the way. Um, welcome to the Common Education Podcast. Uh, it's called Let's Talk Hair. We're talking a little more than hair today. Um, this podcast episode started a little different because Sarai was talking and I just got called to start recording before I did the introduction. And to be honest, I don't care that it's not perfect. And we didn't start with an introduction because... It was such a beautiful moment that I just, I had to start recording. So uh, five minutes into it, welcome to the Combed Education Podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is Araz. I'm your host. I am a fellow industry uh, professional, 20 something years. Uh, this season on the podcast, I'm doing a little bit something different. Um, my goal has always been to inspire and empower through my own learnings. And while I've done a lot of learning in the hair industry, right, through science, through chemistry, technique, products, all of these beautiful things that have helped me expand in my career, where I'm at now is while I still learn all of that, I still have all my chemistry shit, I'm still expanding, um, I'm also expanding in heart space. 
And this podcast has always been a passion project of mine to inspire and empower through my learnings. And I'm learning a lot about self right now. I'm learning a lot about mindset, about shadow, about uh, trauma, about all of these things that a lot of people talk about. Um, If you're on social media, you're going to run across content of people doing the work. I think this is going to make me sound a little woo-woo and that's okay. Um, I think collectively there's a big shift happening. While I dove into personal development work over a decade ago through um, seminars and and, uh, events where I would go see speakers, um, it wasn't as escalated as it is now. And I don't know if that's just my perspective because I'm so much more in it now. So I see it. You know how like you think if you're driving and you're hungry, all your mind sees. (laughs) If you're driving, you got a flat tire. All you're going to see is mechanic shops, right? Um, So I don't know if collectively there is a shift happening or if the shift is so intense in me that I'm just drawing to me uh, people, experiences, events. But either way, I'm here for it. Um, And so if you're watching, oh, you guys heard already. um, But if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see my beautiful friend on the screen with me. Um, I have Sarai uh, as a guest. We've been trying to make this happen for a really long time. Um, Yeah. And it's all in divine timing. Uh, it didn't have to happen before. Well, I think we wanted to record the podcast before we even met in person. Yeah. And then I met her in person. I, it wasn't even that long ago. So I was like six weeks ago. Costa, Costa Mesa yeah. class, right? Yeah. yeah. That was the when first was time we met. Was that August? Uh, August. Was August? No, it was, wait, what is it? No, it was in August. Okay. So it was like not even two months ago. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I fucking, I loved you before. I love you more now. And then um, since that meeting and everything up until this point, I feel, and I tell her this all the time, um, it trips me out (laughs) because there's a lot of, just to get a little personal first, there's a lot of shit in my life right now that is breaking down. Um, And while I could focus on the breakdown and the collapse of what I thought was foundational to me, universe has poured in like what you were talking about Sarai of just like how fast and how rapidly once you make that decision to be you know it it happens so fast universe has poured in people like this beautiful soul um and this instant connection where I have not experienced that often in my life I think I can think of two people where and I'm 37 years old two people one of them being my son and not because I birthed him, but because there is a soul fucking tie there. Um, previous to the last couple of months, I've only met two people. And so, and now it's just like you and then Rebecca, same mm-hmm. fucking shit happened. Dawn, same yeah. fucking shit happened. Alyssa, same. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, what I am being so poured into by people who are, oh my God, just fucking like delicious in like in, in essence. And so anyways, that was a whole lot of shit to say that I got to right here. We finally made it happen. <laughs> um, and to be honest, if you're listening, we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about. I don't think, did we come out with no outline? No. Uh-huh. So typically I'll have somebody come on the podcast. We do a little chit chat, talk about what we're going to talk about and move forward. Um, so there is no actual agenda here. And I did this with Rebecca and lots of tears were shed as well. Um, And to keep it very just organic and very um, what comes up comes up because I think Sarai is at a place and she was explaining a little bit when I first started recording where there's massive shift happening. Right. So I think I started this, this 
when, when she got on Zoom, I asked her, what's going on within you? Mm-hmm. And I pulled some cards. And that's how all of this came up. So um, before we get or before we go back deep, if you can just share a little bit for any of my listeners, you guys know who she is, but if you for some reason don't, um, Sarai uh, at the Platinum Giraffe, uh, Balanced Stylist Society, she's a fucking G, a fucking G in this industry. So share a little bit about your story and you can go as deep and raw or as surface as you want, but just speak from heart space and I am here listening. So I've been a hairstylist since I was 24. I'm 43. Oof. So Ooh, 19 girl. years, 19 years I've been in the industry. Um, I always tell people like the, my journey is very different. Um, for the first 12 years of my career, I wasn't sober. Um, I was, I was all over the place. I was an alcoholic. Um, couldn't admit that to myself until I was 35 years old. I got into drugs when I was 27 years old. I was a late bloomer. Um, I loved the, the party scene. I love the hairstylist life, you know, the funky hair partying all the time. And, you know, I didn't give a shit about how I showed up for my clients or if I had clients, I really enjoyed being a hairstylist. Like, oh my God, I love your hair. Let me do something crazy with your hair. Um, and then even like the industry events, you go and like, people are fucking doing blow in the bathroom. Everyone's rolling balls, but it's like, it's fun, right? It's like this exciting, different world so far from corporate. Totally. And it's, it's so easy to, to get caught up in that. And, and I did, um, you know, I, I went to beauty school at, at the age of 24. I couldn't figure out what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. Um, I switched majors in college a bunch. I went to x-ray school. I was going to be um, an x-ray tech. I just couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. And so at 24, I had this like epiphany. I had two choices. This is all I had to Roz. I was like, I'm going to be either a real estate agent or I'm going to go to hair school. Oh God. And now so my- become a real estate agent. Oh my God. Can you even fucking imagine? First of all, uh, oh baby God, Soraya cool. 24 had no tattoos, oh. none. And so I could have made real estate work, you know, the neck tattoos now, who knows what people would think? Not that I give a fuck. So, book. <laughs> not me. So I, I told my ex-husband, um, husband at the time, I said, I think I'm going to go to hair school. He's like, I think you'd be a really good real estate agent. And I was like, yeah, but like, I think I really want to go to hair school. Cause I'd always done cool, funky shit with my hair. And I just found it super fun. So I went to hair school, fell in love first day. I walked in and I was like, these are my motherfucking people. These people are fucking weird. They're cool. They dress like hairstylists found my jam and my drinking and my eating disorder were so out of control in beauty school. Now I've had an eating disorder since I was 14 years old. Um, I started drinking at the age of 19. Um, and then I got into drugs at the age of 27. So my first 12 years in this industry were a, a train wreck. I mean, I was a train wreck and I remember so many times I would come home and I would just, I would be so emotional from drinking. Cause I'm a, I'm a fucking crier. Um, and I would cry to my husband and say, like, I, I want to be like Rebecca Taylor. I want to be like, you know, so-and-so in the industry. 
And I wanted it so bad. And I, I didn't know how to get the fuck out of my own way. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't to a point where I could be honest with myself about my drinking, about my drug use, about my eating disorder, about any of the things, you know, my shadow parts that were really holding me hostage. Mm-hmm. And so I've told this story many times, so I, I won't draw it out, but at, at the age of 35, my drinking had gotten I mean, completely out of control. I was drinking at eight 30 in the morning. I'd go to the liquor store. I'd make a promise to myself every night and every morning before I left the house, I'm not going to drink today at eight 30 AM. I was at Mike's liquor store. They had my fucking order out for me. They knew me. I would start drinking at eight 30, chugging it straight from the bottle. I didn't give a fuck. And I would drink throughout the day. And I got to a point where I was blacking out more and more. And it was a Friday. Uh, I believe it was March 4th. No, March 3rd. I got blackout drunk at work. I made my assistant quit. I, to this day, I don't know what I said. And honestly, I I don't think I want to know. Um, and I guess I was a handful. So I got a text on Sunday from my owner and she said, I need to meet with you Monday morning at at 9am. Just come to the salon. She said, but in the meantime, I need you to think about what this salon means to you, what your family and friends mean to you and what your career means to you. And she said, I'll see you Monday morning. And I thought, fuck this, like, this is it. Here's what's gonna happen. The same shit is going to happen because I got caught drinking at work at a previous salon. I got caught drinking at work at a previous salon. So I'm going to be told to pack up my shit and get the fuck out. I know how this goes. So I go in there Monday morning. And before I even walk in the door, she looks at me and she said, what the fuck is going on with you? And there was the, the tiniest, the tiniest little whisper inside my head that said, tell her. And I just looked her straight in the eyes and I said, I can't stop drinking on my own. I, I think I have a problem. I think I need help. And I thought for sure she was going to say, get the fuck out of here, sir. I pack your shit. I've already packed it for you. She looked at me into my fucking soul. And she said, then let's get you some help. And I thought for sure my life was over. And that was the first day of the rest of my life. I went to meetings. I told my husband everything. I shared with him and Jessica everything. I shared my location so they could watch me when I went to work. I told them where I stopped. For the first time in my life, I stopped fucking lying and I stopped fucking running from myself and I stopped lying to others. And it was a moment of complete vulnerability, which is until that day, I would tell you, I I do not use that verbiage. That is a curse word. I do not like that word. Fuck being vulnerable. It's stupid. And now I am all about vulnerability and authenticity and emotions and and feeling them because I realized for 35 years of my life, I ran, I ran and I stuffed things down into this bottle that exploded on March 6, 2016. When I said, I can't fucking do this anymore. There was a tiny voice in my head that said, you deserve better than this. And I didn't fucking believe it. I didn't, I didn't believe it, but I was like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Obviously somewhere deep down inside, 
I knew that I deserved better than the way I was treating myself and everybody else around me. And so that day I decided I was going to be fucking open. I was going to be vulnerable. I wasn't going to lie about shit anymore. And I was going to start to feel my fucking feelings. And my whole life I've been told you have big feelings and I'm an empath. I'm, I'm actually what they call a, a psychic empath. I can actually feel things. And it's weird. Cause I get this like lightning bolt in my spine. Yeah. Like you text me a couple of weeks ago, like, Hey, I got called to check in on you. And like, I, you guys don't understand how much I needed that. And she's, and I told her what was going on and she's like, how can I help? Or how can I support? I don't remember what word you used. But I said, your existence, just your existence alone is exactly, I needed the reminder that there is a person named Sarai Spear in Kansas City who exists. And that was the trigger that I needed to get past what I was dealing with that day. I've told you from the second I fucking met you, you are a catalyst. That is who you are. You are a catalyst. And because you did whatever you did for your life, you now inspire others just by you, just by being you. And I think that's the power that comes from um, vulnerability. It is a big, scary word for some people because, I mean, this is why we use things to anesthetize our emotions, right? We turn to drugs, alcohol, food, sex, porn, whatever, to stuff down that loud voice of just like, you are worthy. You are enough. Like that, we're born with that shit. Mm -hmm. But then life happens, right? And traumas happen and experiences occur and things start muffling that. So I think God, universe, whatever, that that whisper came through because it was, it's so easy to just stuff it. Like you put so much shit above that loud voice. Like I see it in my son when he was little, he would like, and I see it slowly dissipating as self-worth is being questioned as self-value is being questioned as he's dealing with other kids. Um, I see it being, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. So thank God that that whisper was still there, that little tiny. And thank God that everything aligned for you to actually listen to that. Because there are so many people that are six feet under because that voice is so muffled, is so drowned out. They're so, and even if they're not six feet under, literally their life is over they're just like I have my dad is like that person right he is literally waiting to die there is no life left other than the heartbeat you can't hear yeah and it's devastating to see yeah. because like for you how I see it is you listen to that and what that did for your life and now what you're doing for other people just by your existence, like that's what we fucking need is those lights of people who are healing, who are open, who are authentic, who are honest, who are fucking real. Like that inspires other people to be the same. And that's how everything can change. That's how your perspective can change. That's how your life can change is by seeing, okay, she did it. Okay, mm -hmm. they experienced that. He did that. Then your perception changes. You're like, okay, well, maybe it is possible for me, right? Yeah. You saw Rebecca Taylor. You thought maybe it is possible for me. I remember a year or two ago, I saw Rebecca Taylor talk about on her stories, a class that she took from the Platinum Giraffe on making reels. I remember watching, because she was like, I did my friend. And I was like, I want to be friends. 
<laughs> and then I'm just like, we're fucking friends. Like, so, oh my God, the moral of the story is literally like anything is possible. It It is. And, you know, How do you I get out I, of your own fucking way. That's, that's the thing. I can't, I can't quantify that. I can't um, make it a tangible, like, this is what you have to do. I don't, what is it, Sarai? Because everyone has that tipping point. Well, yeah. most people. Yeah. What leads to that? What is that? How do we get there? <laughs> you know, it's, it's different for everybody. And I think that's the hard part is, you know, if you take inventory of your life right now, and you think about like, do you wake up happy or do you wake up and I'm, you're like, okay, another fucking day. Do you go throughout your day and look for those little synchronicities or those little moments of joy and happiness or, oh my God, this is a sign. Like or pronoia. do you just, pronoia. yeah. Are you looking for pronoia? Yes. Or are you just like, fuck it. God damn it. Becky's 15 minutes late. I'm fucking firing this bitch. I'm over this shit. You know what? On to the fucking next. I, I have been listening to this book. I actually fucking binged listen to it. Um, it's called Change Your Paradigm, Change Your Life. Araz, you need it. And it's about, our paradigm is basically our belief systems, our thoughts, our patterns, our actions. It's basically like who we are. And so a lot of us grew up with different paradigms than we believe or currently hold. And so how do we get to the point of, we're so sick of the bullshit that we currently live in that we make a choice to change. Now, here's the part of change that brings people back to the dark side, if you will. People expect to, oh, if I just um, run for 21 days in a row, it's going to become a habit and my life is going to be so good. Oh, God, I thought it was that easy. It doesn't work that way. I actually took a Mel Robbins um, coaching course and she said it can take up to a year to create a habit. But here's the thing, that year is going to fucking happen regardless. So choose your heart, right? Choose your heart. Do you want to continue with this life that is at a fucking bare minimum, that you're fucking angry, that you're acting like a shitty person? Or do you want to choose the hard that you don't know but you know, it's got to be better than what you're doing right now. And for me, that tiny little voice, like I got so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was literally in the hospital every year, multiple times a year, chronic bronchitis, chronic pneumonia, um, five lobe pneumonia, you name it. I was a walking skeleton and I got tired of just feeling like shit all the time. I got tired of treating myself like shit. And I don't, I didn't think I deserved good things. I didn't think I deserved love because of the things that people had said to me, the things that I had said to myself, the traumas that had happened, the events that had happened. I didn't feel like I deserved shit in this world. But when I got quiet and here's the thing, Sunday, when my boss sent me that message, I didn't drink all day. And normally Sunday was Sunday, fun day. I got fucked up. I got hammered, wasted. I had so much fun. I didn't drink Sunday. So Monday, when I went in, that voice was there because I didn't stuff it down with emotions, with drugs, with booze. I let it say what it needed to say. And so when we get quiet and here's the reason people don't get quiet. I used to say all the time, I cannot fucking meditate. I am diagnosed ADHD. Okay. So I can't sit still and I can't be quiet. Like meditating is not for me. 
I recently started yoga teacher training in August. And one of the first weekends, we had to meditate in complete fucking silence for 60 minutes. Not even guided? Oh, shit. No, ma'am. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> fucking deafening quiet. Sitting cross-legged <laughs> for 60 minutes. That might have been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my whole life. But I realized I had been telling myself this paradigm, this story to support my beliefs this whole time. I can't do something, right? I can't do something because it makes me uncomfortable. We all know that life begins on the edge of your fucking comfort zone. We all know that. But most of us like to stay in the center of our comfort zone. Yes, right? Because we built it. We built it. We, There's a fireplace. You've got blankets. You've got shawls. You've got puppy pillows. You've got fucking toasted marshmallows. You got a whole fucking gushy comfort zone. And your brain tells you when you change, it's not safe. And it doesn't matter if it is safe. Your brain is wired to keep you protected. Okay. Primitive. It is. We have a monkey brain. We literally have a monkey mind and it is primitive. And so that fight or flight kicks in and says, no, 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 no. This is not safe. Danger, fire, going to be eaten by a T-Rex or a tiger, even though it's 2023. That's what our brain does. And so when people try to change, when you come to that moment where you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't know what the other side holds for me, but it's got to be better than the fucking shit that I'm living every day. You will change. Yeah. Jack will be up against the wall. And you go, okay, fine, fuck, here we go. I'm going to change. But here's the thing. How long do you stay with it? Do you do it for two weeks or 21 days and think, oh, this should be easier. It's not getting easier. Therefore, it means I can't do it. Therefore, I'm going to go back to where it was safe for me. Because I've done that for years. Yeah. And it's that's my, comfy. That's and I, operate. I love it there. It's squishy. It's gooey. <laughs> the change Staying with the new habits in order to change anything, you have to replace that bad habit with something new, with something positive, with something good. So a lot of people go hard. Let's look at New Year's resolutions. The gyms blow up on New Year's. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get fit. Cool. You do it for three fucking weeks. By the middle of February, every gym in America is fucking empty. Because change is fucking hard, right? It's not even that change is hard. Like, I just want to kind of expand on that because I've dealt with this, still dealing with it. I don't think there's ever going to be a point where I'm like, oh, I got it. I got it. But it's more of like, what is the why behind the change? What, like for me, when I shine the light of awareness on what the the real issue, what am I running from? Why am I smoking? Why am I drinking? What is the foundation that's causing me to, once you shine the awareness on that, you guys, like, here's how I see it in my head. And I'm going to try to convey it in a way that makes sense. It's like this big fucking scary shadow, right? It's this big shadow on the wall. You know, when like this flashlight is on and you, you do this and it's like the size of freaking huge, mm-hmm. huge right? And like, that feels so debilitating that I don't even want to look at it. I don't even want to see it. I don't even, I'm just going to pretend it's not there. Right. I'm going to pretend my traumas are not there. I'm going to pretend that I'm not running and I'm happy and my life is good and I'm successful and I've got good friends, but I also fucking do this, that, or the other. I'm going to just pretend everything's fine. 
And then you take the flashlight and you try to figure out the root of that shadow and you realize it's this little tiny mouse. Yeah. Honestly. And like, I'm not trying to discount or discredit people's traumas, but when you actually look at it, it's a finite minuscule event that probably lasted a minimum amount of time. And for decades, it has ran us for decades. Like my biggest, biggest one is abandonment. Mm -hmm. It's so huge for me. And it started when my mom died. That event literally lasted three minutes. We were walking. She, something happened. She dropped. She died. That was it. That was it. But the shit that I made up, I was told, I believed. Bitch, that shit ran me for 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. I don't deserve um, the stories I made up. Yeah, that's, and that's the. She didn't love me. She didn't. And then now I have this belief system. And what does my mind do? It's going back to that. Fuck yeah. Let's validate that. Oh, you believe that you are abandoned and you are unworthy watch so dad checks out emotionally see i'm not worthy he abandoned me brother checked out see he abandoned me x c abandoned i'm not worthy i don't deserve and while i have seven thousand people telling me you're amazing you're this you're that i'm like no i'm not because you don't, you don't hear it yeah you don't you don't hear it because i believe so much and that's what our mind does is we want to validate or belief system. So where I got to was just like, okay, I'm learning how my mind works, right? Like it's almost like a computer that gets programmed. So there's a point in life where outside things program and influence us, right? What my parents said, what my caretakers told me, if I was bullied, if that one time I was super embarrassed, I said something stupid on stage once, all of that programmed into me. And then there comes a point where your back hits the wall wall, and like, this is for me, back hit a wall. I'm running into dead ends. Everywhere I turn is a fucking dead end, right? And then it blows up. There comes a point in everyone's life. I don't know what that is for you or whoever's listening. There comes a rock bottom point. And for some people, it's not that low. For other people, it's fucking low. Mm -hmm. And it shatters. And you're literally left looking at the pieces of everything. And that's where you have choice. Mm -hmm. So... You can choose to pick up and look at those pieces and say, is this really me? Or is this something that I was programmed, I created based on circumstances, right? Okay, so it's not me. This is not what I want to believe about myself because it's not serving me. And so it's programming, right? So how can I reprogram? How do I do that even when I don't believe that I'm worthy? Well, I'm a fucking, it's a program. So I'm gonna just keep putting it in. Yeah, that's I'm gonna keep putting it in. I am worthy. I am repetition. Worthy. I am it worthy. is repetition. You know, it's validated. Like, yeah, all the time. In the few months that I've known you, I feel so seen and heard. And it's like, I've seen and heard because now I'm believing it. And it's like coming in. So, like, I don't know what I said earlier about how do you do. I don't know if there's an actual like step by step on how that change begins, how the internal shift, but like all of these things play a part in that. Absolutely. And, and, and I think, I mean, the first step is obviously being aware that something needs to change, right? Because 
for two decades, I lived in ignorance that I did not have a drug problem. I was just a big fucking partier. I was just a hairstylist. It went with the territory and I didn't have an alcohol problem. I just like to drink. Um, I didn't have an eating disorder. It was just the way that I coped with my rape when I was 14 years old. Right. So being aware of the problem first, you know, a, a big part of my story and my healing is I, I never felt good enough. And, and it was shown to me in my childhood. It was our, our brain likes to do this negativity bias. So anytime, like, let's say we're thinking about, you know, what a piece of shit you are, your brain automatically recalls situations where you said something stupid, you felt like a piece of shit, right? So that again, our brain is hardwired to protect us. So we don't make mistakes. So we don't have those things happen. But in order to overcome that, we have to be able to override our brain. Right. You, and how hack your brain. You, you do have to hack your brain, literally. And when I went to treatment um, in February for my eating disorder, it was the first time I ever went public with it. And I'd, I'd had this eating disorder for 28 years. And when I went there, I, I had probably six years of therapy in six weeks. It was 12 hours a day. We were diving in and I realized that the, the basis of my belief system was from this one sentence when, when I was raped, um, the guy who did it, he was on my track team. He was my, um, chemistry teacher's son. And so like, he has a big deal in our, our small town. Everybody knew him. Everybody knew his dad. And before he dropped me off at my house, he, he said to me, don't tell anybody. And I just looked at him and I didn't say anything. And I was like, well, you know, no shit. And he goes, you know what? Actually, you can tell everybody. Nobody's going to believe you. Look at who the fuck you are and look at who I am. He's like, you're a piece of garbage. So my entire belief system was built on this one statement from this one incident that lasted five minutes. Seemed like an attorney, but it was probably five minutes. This one statement I had built my entire life around that who are you? Look at you. You're a piece of trash. And so it wasn't until therapy that I actually realized this whole moment that I, I remembered that sentence. I heard it clear as day in his stupid voice. And I was like, oh shit, now we can start digging because I took that flashlight and I shined it right the fuck on all my deep, dark, nasty shit. And it turns out that it's just a little baby mouse. It's just a little baby mouse chewing a little piece of cheese, hanging out. It's not a fucking giant monster. But when that's programmed in your brain for so long, how do you start to unprogram it? How do you start to hack your brain? How do you start to overcome those things? So my therapist said, I want you to write um, some body neutral statements because I grew up hating my body. I've hated my body since I was a little kid. And then of course, a situation like that happens. I hated my body even more. I thought it was my fault. All that shit that you pile on, right? And I was like, what the fuck is a body neutral statement? And it was literally like, I have legs that allow me to walk. I have arms that allow me to do hair. Because the thought of saying positive statements at that point or affirmations made me want to punch somebody in the fucking face. I was like, do not make me do positive affirmations yeah. because I, I don't will check love my out. body. I don't fucking love yeah. it. Just I'll be, I'll be AMA out. So a couple of days of the neutral statements 
And I was able to look at a positive statement without wanting to scream bloody fucking murder. And by the time I got out of treatment, I have fucking, I have post-it notes everywhere here. I actually have a stack of post-it notes that I keep by my computer with my pens so that I can write myself affirmations. Um, I literally like, look at all of these. These are all of my affirmation cards that just scattered. And so this, I love this. I, I was just what would I like to believe instead? Can I just share a story real quick? Please. I feel like I need to pay you for therapy. I, I can't even believe this is going on the podcast, whatever, um, in the name of authenticity and transparency. I just had a fucking realization. Sure. Okay. Holy shit, right? <laughs> uh, damn it. Okay. So I was 17 and there was this guy who I was talking to, seeing, and I kind of was into him, but I kind of wasn't. He was a total dick, right? Like he was a total fucking dick. And one night we went to the jacuzzi at a hotel we like broke in. I can't even believe I'm saying this. This is how we heal. Oh my God, but like on my podcast. This is how we heal. This is called vulnerability. Okay, vulnerability. Because you shared that statement of what he told you yep. and how you believe that. So we're in this jacuzzi and he starts trying to make out with me. So I was like, all right, I'll kiss you, whatever. And then he took it further and he kept taking it further. And at this point, you know, he's trigger yep. warning guys. So just fast forward if this is too much, but I'm not going to get into major detail, but ultimately violating. Right. And I'm saying, stop, please stop. This is not what I want. Please stop. And then people started walking by and I remember telling him, like, it's a sign. Please fucking stop. And he put his hands on my mouth. Or I'm sorry. He put his hands on my eyes. And he goes, pretend you can't read. Because I said, it's a sign. And he goes, pretend you can't read. And then I blacked out. I don't yeah. I remember what happened for a long time. And then it came through recently in therapy. Yeah. It did not end well for me. But I just wrote it down. Pretend you can't read. And that is something that has stuck with me in... the avoidance. Pretend you can't read. Avoid. Pretend you can't read. Avoid. And something that I've been having a hard time with is avoidance. Like while I dig, sometimes, oftentimes I avoid by scrolling or by, you know, whatever it is. And like, I couldn't quite pinpoint. I'm like, why do I keep avoiding? And it's that statement that has been embedded in my brain from that traumatic experience, pretend you can't read. Meaning like, I think what I took from that little two second statement was don't worry about what's happening here. It's not happening. It's not happening. You're fine. Pretend you don't see it. Pretend you can't read. Pretend it's not happening. Pretend you're not being violated. Pretend you're not being raped. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so it's, yes, the digging. And I think too, Sarai, and I think you can attest to this. Um, I need to come back here is 
my mind is spacey. And oh. I just say, can I just oh. say, Ross, this, these types of conversations are so hard and they are so necessary. Be- I don't have to publish this podcast. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. I'm going to. It's fine. But by sharing our stuff authentically with other humans, this is how we fucking heal. This is the yeah, work. Dan Weiss book. This is how you heal. Like it's all how you heal. It's when you start shining those flashlights, when you start having these, yeah, these memories are painful. Like when I did EMDR, she took me back to that, the place where I was violated and I was raped and I had to be in those woods. And like, that shit was tough. I came out of that fucking swinging. I was like, I don't ever want to go back there again. And this but is why I people don't do work. Yeah. I like, had to. It's the choose your heart, right? You yeah. can, I can live in obliviousness. Yep. I pretend you can't read and just avoid and everything's fine. Or face it, heal it, and mm-hmm. still know that I'm fine. But yeah. it's not from a place of avoidance. Yeah. It's from a place of surrender. And that's yeah. two different things. Yes. Like, I see where I have surrender and I understand that everything is on purpose and I accept it. And then I now just see like, oh no, some of it is put from a place of fucking mm-hmm. avoidance because I don't want to. And so I think I understand that digging through the shit and this healing is hard and it's not, no, it is for everyone. Meaning your life is only going to benefit, but it's, it's sometimes too much. And so that's where like, because here's the thing. And I think I shared this story with you in April, end of March, beginning of April, I went to Joshua tree And if any of you have been to Joshua Tree, it's something magical there, right? And I went and I uh, microdosed mushrooms, microdosed just a little bit. And I remember I was sitting on top of a rock, like I climbed up, I was so proud of myself and I'm laying there and the sun was shining on me. And I've shared this story so many times because I think that was a catalyst moment in my life, right? I'm laying on the rocks. And I, I, I remember speaking to God, universe, whoever you believe in, I was speaking to somebody. And I was like, I'm ready for next level. Like I have put, mind you, my mindset was work, right? I've been doing the podcast. I've created combed education. I'm educated. Like, so that's where I'm coming from, right? Of like, I'm ready. Whatever next level looks like, like, I feel like I've put in the work. I've been doing therapy. I've been doing all of these things. Like, please, I'm ready. Let me get to next level. And bitch, 48 hours later, I'm not even being dramatic. 48 hours later, everything fucking fell apart and none of it had to do with work. So once you get to that place of like, all right, I want whatever next level is and you ask, you got to be prepared to fucking dig. Yep. And it always shows up in ways that you don't expect. Do you think I thought this was going to happen today on the podcast? Remembering that fucking statement? (laughs) Like that shit was hidden down somewhere. I did not even know until you said that you as a catalyst, Sarai, shared your story, brought something up for me. So guess what I'm doing after this podcast? We're doing some meditating and journaling and I'm going to text my therapist, be like, I got something to talk to you about Friday morning. I just had a breakthrough. (laughs) We got to talk. Yeah. Like 
But then like those moments happen, those synchronicities happen where something resonates and you have two choices. You yep. stuff it or you yep. face it. Yep. So I'm going to face it because I know it'll be hard. Like I process through the actual event, but not the the extra cheese from the event. Yeah. Yep. The extra sprinkles of just mm-hmm. um, from that event. And so healing is a never ending journey. It's like peeling back. I was talking to my friend this weekend. Um, it's a like, never ending oh, onion. Yeah. I told him, I was like, you've done the healing. And he's like, I'm still healing. And I was like, you will never, once you start healing, you will never stop because you know what it was like before you started healing. And I never want to go there again. No, that you will never go back to that space. And there's always microscopic layers, always for the rest of our lives. We are creatures who grow and learn, evolve and change and adapt. And so we will continue to heal and peel back those tiny little layers. You know, you've seen the onion skin, that skin is so thin. There are micro layers of healing that will continue to happen for the rest of our lives. And it could be from the same traumatic event. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I've had to revisit the same situation, but from a different viewpoint. So the first time I'm, I'm a thousand time microscoped viewed in the next time I'm a hundred times microscoped. The next time I'm looking at it from a street lamp. The next time I'm looking at it from fucking Google earth. Right. And so there are still going to be bits and pieces of my life and bits and pieces of, of my traumas that have happened that are going to affect me in different ways throughout my life that I have to be willing to go. Oh, you know what? You just came up. Yep. That just came up. And so let's, let's go ahead. Let's just dive into this shit. Oh my God. I'll share with you. Like when my mom died, obviously that was very traumatic in and of itself. I'm eight and she literally died in front of me. Right. So I spent years processing through that. I had gotten to a place dead ass. And I still do feel that way of just like, I I was telling this to Rebecca, if anybody listened to that episode, I'll share it with you, Sarai. I'm just like, I got to a place where I was, I found gratitude in that. Um, And people thought I was fucked up. Like, you're grateful your mom died. I said, I'm not grateful my mom died. I find gratitude in that event because it shaped me so much, right? But so I thought I healed from it, right? Walking around all proud. Like I can talk about the day that my mom died in detail without tears. Like I am just fully oof with it. January 4, 2019, my birthday, my 33rd birthday, 5.30 in the morning, my son is sleeping in my bed next to me. And I think he's having a nightmare. So let me, let me go back really quick. When my mom died, she dropped at, like she dropped to the ground. I don't know if she had an aneurysm, stroke, heart attack, whatever, but her body seized. She had a full-blown seizure and then she passed away. So fast forward January 4, 2019, I'm laying in bed asleep and I feel like my son is having a, uh, um, a nightmare. So I try to wake him up. I'm like, baby, wake up, baby, baby, wake up. And I roll him over and my child is having a seizure. Grandma seizure. Eyes rolling to the, he's four, four. And instantly I went right back yeah. to August 1st, 1994, when my mom dropped out and was having a seizure. That shit came up. I was not prepared for that. Not prepared. So ultimately, I mean, he's, thank God, fine now, seizure free, all good. But um, every time he had a seizure, it was like, that's my trigger. And so I tried to avoid it. And then finally, I think after the fourth one, I was like, I need to heal this because it keeps coming up. And now every time I'm worried, and like, there was so much good that came out of 
that year with my son. Like that's when I became a morning person. I started morning rituals, meditation, journaling, like all of that. But like, that's those microscopic layers from the same trauma viewed from a different perspective that I didn't even know I needed healing from. But when you're, when you're in that place of just like, no, I'm ready. I don't ever want to go back to that deep, dark place where I laid in bed for two weeks, didn't shower, debilitating, couldn't drive, almost wanted to kill myself, almost OD. Like I can never go back there again. So I would rather face the fucking pain because I know on the other side of it is a, a breath of fresh air. But when I was in that dark, for, it was a solid two weeks, bro. Like maybe longer. I don't know. There was no breath there. It was just straight fucking like, just take me out of my miss. I don't ever want to go back there again. So I'll, I'll feel, well, who is it? Feel, deal, and heal. What's Tiffany Rowe, our friend, Tiffany Rowe. Feel, deal, and heal. So, fuck yes. Feeling, dealing, feel, heal. Deal, heal. Like it's, it's so beautiful, um, but so painful, but wow. so gratifying and so terrifying. It's all of the, it's, and it's, and it's not, it's beautiful, but it sucks. It's beautiful yeah. and it sucks. It's painful and it's rewarding. It's fucking hard and it's freeing. Like I'm it's not a but, it's an and, you know, things. And that's one of the things I learned in treatment that, you know, I had very black and white thinking and things can be both. It can be, and it doesn't have to be, but or, or, oh, yeah, Don and I did an Instagram live when we were talking about the gray area. Yeah, it exists. Absolutely. It exists. It does. And it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, God damn it, Sarai. Right. <laughs> so I have, um, I have three cards here. They're not tarot cards. Don't worry. They're, um, little affirmation. You said, cards. don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Um, so I, I want to, I want to pose these to, the listeners so talking about change belief systems. If we want to change, we have to change our thoughts in order to change our actions. We have to change our thoughts in order to change our patterns. We have to change our thoughts. We have to change our actions. These eventually become habits, right? So three questions that I wrote to myself and I stared at them every day for six fucking months. And they really helped me because I'm a, I have been in my previous life, a reactor. So instead of allowing space, I will cut you off. You're dead to me. Get the fuck out of here. I will tell you to fuck off. I'm so quick to armor up. And so I've realized I need to take my armor down. And these three questions have really helped me in my healing and just in my everyday life. So the first question, talking about replacing your belief system. So I used to call myself a piece of trash. I was a piece of shit. I was no good. I was unlovable. I was a worthless piece of garbage. I was a dumpster slut. All of these terrible things, right? So I started asking myself, what would I like to believe instead? And the shit that came up, y'all, I have, I have 50 cards sitting over here with the, the things that I would like to believe instead. And let me tell you, they are beautiful. They are nothing like the belief system that I had. The second question is how would I like to respond instead? So for me, literally 
I will tell people sometimes I need 24 hours to respond because I'm so emotional and I don't want to be reactive. Right. And so I will say I need 24 hours to respond to this. I will step back and I will take three rounds of box breathing in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. These are things I will grab my, I will count on my fingers. I am safe here. I am safe here. I am safe now. I will do things in the moment instead of reacting, allowing myself the time and the space to respond. So what would you like to believe instead? How would you like to respond instead? And this last one, because without action, change doesn't happen. So how would I like to take action instead? And those three questions have literally helped me rewire my brain to be a calmer human instead of flying off the fucking handle, telling people I wish them dead. I'm like, oh, you got some shit going on in your life, don't you? Yeah. And when you understand that everyone is projecting their shit onto you and you're projecting your shit onto everybody else. So when that awareness is on and I say, wow, you are so blah, blah, blah. And it's something negative. That's probably something that I believe about myself and I'm projecting it on to you. Or somebody says something about me, they're projecting it because it's a belief system that they have. So if we can walk around looking at everybody like a mirror, everybody is my mirror. So, well, and this is hard to say, but it's true. I view you as a catalyst. That means I am one. Mm -hmm. I view you as whole and caring and kind and worthy. That means I am one. I posted you, I reshared your story this morning and I said, you are more than enough as you are. I need to hear that. Right. So like, just Isn't that amazing how it works though? When we realize like we cannot see life through anybody else's lens, except our own, we can be empathetic. We can try to put ourselves in their shoes, but Araz, I will never know that you went to a junior high dance and you got made fun of because your shoes were the wrong color or something. Right. And that affected you for your whole life. And so if I say, let's go out and dance and you're like, oh my God, fuck you. I don't know what happened. Right. I don't have your knowledge. I don't get to look through your lens. So when we take a moment, instead of responding to people or instead of reacting to people to just take a minute and be like, you know what? I have no idea what this person has been through in their life. And even if you know the details, like I've shared in my life, you don't fucking know. Take a second to gain perspective. Like I have, I share it all the time. I have it tattooed on me for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not just share your perspectives. No, let me just get perspective really quickly. Let me get out of this and let me bird's eye view it really quickly. Because the second you bird's eye view it, you realize, I realize, I don't know what you're dealing with internally. I know it's not about me. If I'm in my truth, if I am in my authenticity, if I'm clean, it's not me. It's a you thing. And so let me either eliminate myself or let me hold space. That's a choice we make, right? Like I have a friend who is super inconsiderate of other people's times. Super inconsiderate of it. That's not because of me. That's, that's a them thing. 
So I tell them all the time, like, you don't owe me shit. I am choosing to understand that you don't give a fuck about my time and it's not personal. It's a you thing. Your word means nothing. That's fine. Right. And so I will still tolerate it because, but I'm not mad at them for it. I'm like, you don't give a fuck. No, that's who you are. And I see you and I choose to still have you in my life until I don't want to. And then I'll say, hey, I don't want this space anymore. Like it's, you have that power. Yeah. You know, one of the um, best books I've ever read, it's an oldie, but a goodie, The Four Agreements. Have you read it? Mm -hmm. Don't take anything personal. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I, when I read it the first time, everyone takes everything personal. Bitch. And it's so hard not to, because that's what we're conditioned. Like even my son to this day, like he will say something like, oh, they made me blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no you shit like you chose to spend all your robux because they wanted to like you yep. chose that nobody made you shit don't take it personal they're that way that's them yep it's okay and i and think that when we them. can step back and again take a beat just take a fucking breath and realize like i don't know what's going on in their life and this is not personal your whole life fucking changes because you're in your ease life Yes. You're not. And it's not even about like, this is something Rebecca said to me yesterday. I journaled about this morning. It was such a fucking huge epiphany for me. Um, And she said it so casually. She's like, you just keep gaslighting yourself. Mm. What the fuck? But like, where do we gaslight ourselves to? Right. So it's not about, okay, Sarai showed up this way. It's who she is. And you got to leave it at that. But when we, where we gaslight, is when we take it personal. And then like, for me, it's like, oh, well, maybe I said this to trigger her to be that way. So that means I'm a shitty person and I should be, t- that's gaslighting. Look at that spiral. Look at that spiral. It just happened. But I do it all fucking day. Wait, uh, do so it. do I. Well, so many of us do that. Again, it's reprogramming. It is, it's like when you, um, when you go to Google and you type it in and it, it, it autofills for you, right? So if you no oh, longer what a fucking beautiful analogy, thank you. Thank mm. you. If you're no longer looking for a puppy, you have to teach it. You're no longer looking for a puppy. You're looking for hiking boots now. So you have to newly autofill. It's the same shit you got to do with your fucking brain, dude. Yeah. And so to, to understand that everything is me, everyone is projecting everyone. Right. And I have choice. Like I was telling this the other day, like I choose love regardless. Rebecca said it, love over fear. I didn't, I didn't do the second part of it, but I said, I choose love. And that's the, the, that's the space I want to operate from. Right. And that's my choice. So where can I look for, how can I operate in love here instead of anger or frustration or overwhelm and not only love for you, Sarai, but love for me, right? How do I love myself enough to not gaslight myself and make everything my fault, Um, but all of this can only happen when you shut the fuck up and listen, because half mm, 90% of us don't even know the conversation that is happening in our fucking brains. We are clueless to it because we're avoiding with social media, drinking alcohol, drugs, whatever. We're not listening. So when you took that 60 minutes what the fuck came up for you? I watched this reel the other day. This man was like, three days. Take three days. No distractions, no reading, no TV, no phone, no nothing. And just be with yourself. I was like, this motherfucker done lost his mind. Three days. But he goes, you will learn yourself. 
more than you will ever even be able to comprehend for three days. He's like, you're going to see where your mind goes. You're going to listen. And you're going to observe. And then you have choice. Mm -hmm. You don't have a choice when you don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. You're, you're, again, you're reacting. You're reacting. You're like a leaf blowing in the wind. Yeah. And the goal is to be the fucking trunk of that tree. To be so grounded in yourself and to continue to learn you if you choose to. At the end of the day, guys, it yeah, still absolutely. is your choice. Like if you're good and you're happy, cool. I would say, look at, take inventory of your life. Yeah. Are you happy with the results that you've created? If you're happy with the results that you've created, keep doing what you're doing. But if there is room for improvement, shine that fucking light. Shine the light, go through it. Go through it. That's the only way through it. Because here's the thing. You bury shit for so long, it's going to start to smell. It's going to start to smell. Yeah. So. I'm uh, about, to the question I'm about ready to up. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to shine a light so hard in my life here coming up. I'm going to do, it's called a Vipassana meditation. It is a 10 day silent retreat. You are in a facility with other people who are quiet. There's no speaking throughout the day. You don't acknowledge people when they walk by. And it, at first I was like, oh, that's fucking stupid. But the more I meditate and the more I get quiet, the more I'm like, you can't journal. You have no access to phone. No, it's you and your thoughts. It's your brain. And like you if you want to get to because it's an organized bingo, like, you have breakfast together as a community, but it's like, I don't know, fruit and tea. And I think at dinner, you get fruit and tea. It's like, it is hardcore. And one of the yoga teachers just got back from it. And she said, she was like, it was hard. It was really hard. I wasn't sure if I could do it, but they're, they're free um, centers all around the world, literally all around the world. And you go and you meditate for 10 days. It is the ultimate get to know yourself. And a year ago, if you would have told me about this, I'd have been like, you're fucking, no fucking way. That's dumb as shit. I do not want to be alone with myself for 10 days. But now I'm like, dude, I want to know what the fuck, like, I want to go deeper into my shit because there's still shit. There's always going to be shit. Oh, layers, layers, micro layers, big layers, fat layers, skinny layers, all the fucking layers. Right. But it's so challenging to sit with yourself. And to even sit with yourself for five minutes. If y'all have never done it, I want to challenge you this week. Mm -hmm. Set a timer for five minutes. No music, no nothing. Shut your fucking eyeballs. Don't lay down, sit up and just see what happens. Yeah, because if I lay down, I fall asleep every and night. That's, yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, that was a cute little nap. No, challenge yourself for five minutes and just see what comes up. Journal afterwards, see what comes up because it's in those moments of silence. We have all the answers we need inside of us. And I yeah, used to think that was said, such bullshit. Yeah, I know it's so cliche. And I've shared this so many times that like, oh, I know it's cliche. I know it's cliche. But here's what you got to understand is that cliches are rooted in truth. Bingo. They're, they're cliche because truth. they're true. Yeah. But like, it's just been so over fucking yeah. height that it's like, oh, it becomes white noise. It's kind of like when you make a vision board and like the first three days, you're like, yeah, and then it just becomes white noise. You don't pay attention to it. That's uh -huh. what happens with cliches. But if you take a fucking second, take a second, take a little, take a little breather, 
and listen to that cliche. There's so much truth in it. The answers are within you. Just shut the fuck up and let your intuition speak. You got to be quiet. You got to be quiet. You got to regulate your shit, regulate your shit, be in a calm environment, not being fucking triggered by all these people and take a fucking second. You're going to hear everything you need to hear. Now, the hard part is do you take action on it or do you stop it? Yeah. That's everything is choice, right? So like something came up for me, right? I pretend you can't read. That came up. Do I dive in or do I, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'll save that for another day and then every day it never comes. So, uh, but yeah, if you just want to get to know yourself, just all you got to decide is, okay, I want to get to know myself. And then opportunities come up. You're likely listening to this podcast because there is something inside of you that had to hear this. Not to be like fucking TikTokers, like, I don't know who needs it, but like, legit, it came to you. You were listening for a reason. If you haven't been triggered enough to fucking X out by now, hopefully there was some shit here for you to take and work with and take what works, leave what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. If that doesn't resonate. Cool. Like it resonated with me. It resonated with Sarai. Maybe it resonates with you. Maybe it doesn't. That's okay. I love you regardless. I love you through it. Like it's nothing but love. And like Sarai, like my, one of my goals is to help people in whatever way. Like I thought it was science. I thought it was, it is, it is all of that. And this, and yeah. it's that, and life. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I would be doing hair until the day I died. I always joke with my clients. I'd be 90 and you know, I'd have a heart attack, die doing their hair. And that's no longer my vision. That's no longer my want. You know, I, I don't do hair that much anymore. I've only got like 10 clients left. I run an education community. I've hired educators to do the things that I don't do anymore. You know, I've, I've written fucking eBooks. I've written a fucking shadow work journal. Like I'm doing shit that I'm just a hairstylist. Like, first of all, stop with the fucking labels because you are more than a hairstylist. You're a fucking human, right? You're a human and you can do anything you put your mind to. But I didn't see this path when I went to treatment. I didn't see this path. Even this summer, I was just like, I've always loved writing. Like, why not? And you know, they're not bestsellers. I don't fucking care. I, I did it. And I'm really proud of that, you know, and like I had to get quiet to do that. I had to get quiet and, and lean into that. Like you should write a book. You should, this has really helped you in your healing journey. You should share it with others. And that's ever since I was a little kid, I've known my purpose on this planet in this lifetime is to help people. And it's looked different in different times of my life. I had to go through all the shit that I went through. I see that now. I see it very clearly. I beautifully done. Like beautifully orchestrated. Like even I was talking to my friend the other day, my last six months, as fucking hard as it's been guys, it happened so fucking perfectly for me. Like I look and see, Oh my God, it could have been this way. It could have been that way. Like the way it all has been unfolding is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Painful and beautiful. Perfect. So perfect. Like it's all, yes, it all had to happen. And this is the truth. If it should have been another way, it would have been, would another, have been way. another way. Mm. If it should have been, it would have been. And it wasn't. Yep. That's acceptance. That's surrender. Yeah. That's peace. And that's growth, my friend. Oh, my love. Oh, that was so good. Oh, oh, oh my God. My soul is whole. Same. Oh. Where can I get your, all your fucking stuff, your books, your journal? 
uh, go to Instagram, click the link in my bio. There's, um, I think there's a couple free eBooks. There's an eBook that is, I'm going to toot my own horn on this. This bitch I poured my heart and soul into about shadow work. Um, it has questions at the end of the chapter. I think it's like 997 for the, uh, PDF. Um, my shadow work journal called reclaim your power. You can find that on Instagram. Basically just go to Instagram, click the link in my bio and I will fuck you up. So good. <laughs> in the best way possible. If you're ready to dip your toes or dive all the way in, uh, friend to friend, stylist to stylist, industry peer to industry peer, I encourage you to take yourself on, um, it is one of the most fulfilling things that you can do. It's a never ending uh, growth journey, but I encourage you when you're ready yeah. um, and sometimes you're not ready and your back is up against the wall, but other times you're ready and you don't want shit to hit the fan, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I can speak for myself and I think I can speak to Sarai that it is the most fulfilling work you can do is to take yourself on. Yeah. Um, the biggest and the best project. Cause I have a, a saying you are guaranteed to wake up with one person for the rest of your life. And it's not your husband, your wife, your partner, your son, your child, it's you. And if your shit isn't right, nothing else fucking matters. And you need to get your shit together. Not for your partner, not for your mom, not for your dad, not for your fucking coworkers, for oh, you, you God. deserve to heal. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to give yourself love just fucking because, because you are an amazing human. For decades, how I did it for everybody else. Decades. Uh, it's so much easier to give and to help and support other people because what it does is it keeps us busy and fixated on the outside, the external circumstances when really we have internal shit that needs to be fixed that we don't want to deal with. And so we fix everybody else. We plant ourselves in other people, sometimes knowing that their soil is rotten and dry mm -hmm. and we're pouring into people buckets that have holes in them. Because that's what we think we deserve. Because we abandon, I will speak for myself. I abandon my own garden. I look get this Damn. full fucking circle, right? My abandonment wound. Everybody, dad abandoned me, mom. Abandoned me. Who fucking abandoned me the worst, guys? You. Me. I fucking abandoned. I did not pour into me and I justified by pouring into others. Well, that's gratifying and lovely. Some buckets had holes, some buckets overfilled. I depleted yeah. completely, dry, dried my ass out. <laughs> I planted myself in other people abandoning my own garden so again it's all a mirror right like my biggest abandonment wound I've abandoned myself mm -hmm. isn't that funny it's, it's me it's always has been always will be so once like I realized that I was like oh, okay time to pour into me <laughs> as I began to pour into me universe has poured in dividends with people yeah. like Sarai with people like I've met in the past just six months I'm just like who I feel like I have a whole new fucking circle of people where I am yeah. so seen, so heard, so validated. It's so fucking beautiful, but it started because I poured into me. Yeah. It started with me and then yeah. I brought it all. And that's and where it begins. It all begins with you. Yeah. You're born alone. You die alone guys. So yep. you have to have your back. So you better get your shit together for you. <laughs> when you do that, guess what? Universe will just fucking continue to bless you. Yep. I love you. 
I love you, friends. I love you. I see you. I fucking cherish our friendship. Um, in the short amount of time, I've never, I don't think, met anybody I've connected with like you. Uh, yeah. It's happening more and more, and I'm just like, what the fuck is my life? Uh, and I'm here for all of it. I appreciate you giving your time to not only me, you gave me some major aha moments, but for everybody that's listening, um, I'm going to speak on their behalf. Thank you. You are a, I will continue to affirm this in you. You are a catalyst. You are a light, not just in this industry, but in this world. I'm so thankful that you chose you um, because as you stand in yourself, in your truth, in your authenticity, you're a light for everybody else. Um, and so I see that and I thank you for that. And I'm so happy that your parents had you. And I'm so happy that you were here because I love you. Thank you. I love you. And that's um, very soul affirming. And I appreciate the love and I reciprocate it all back to you. You are one of the most incredible humans I've ever, ever come across. And the fact that I get to call you a friend is very humbling and I'm honored and I take my friendships very seriously as my friend Tabitha says, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm honored. I'm truly honored. And I'm, I'm grateful that you see me and hear me and gave me space today to get to share. And I, and I hope people listening had some aha moments. I hope some, some shit, you know, shook their cages and rattled them. And, and that's, that's what I want to do for people is I just, I want to be a beacon of light. When it's dark, you look for this beacon of fucking light and I'll help you. You are, you are that. You're there. I'm a giant lighthouse, motherfuckers. Keep fucking shining, girl. Keep fucking shining. I love you. Thank you. Uh, I love you. you Listening. Obviously you guys can find Sarai on Instagram at the platinum giraffe. Um, She has a phenomenal uh, education platform. It's a monthly Uh, yeah it's a monthly subscription so much content so many beautiful educators on there so it's not just the Sarai show she gives opportunities to people who bring value to this industry different perspectives different personalities all in alignment um no ego no bullshit no room for that in her community I witnessed it firsthand in Utah um and so if you guys are into that absolutely check it out uh Balanced Stylist Society at the Platinum Giraffe um just just do it. Take yourself on. <laughs> love you. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Until next time, uh, happy hair coloring and happy fucking healing, guys. Happy healing. <laughs>